from the time that they pronounced me dead was a good 45 minutes. They cut my clothes and then they paddled my heart because my heart had stopped. And I could see people screaming and crying, but I didn't realize that was actually my physical body because I was somewhere else. The only thing that I could feel, if you could imagine absolute love and peace, there wasn't anything else to be felt. I was greeted by people I had known in the past. I'm back home again. Incredibly safe and felt at home. Just one quick note before we get started with today's interview. This month, we're asking a quick favor. Please take just a second to hit the follow button and give us a review. It doesn't have to be anything long, just a sentence or two. We really appreciate it. Thank you in advance. Welcome to Round Trip Death, everybody, and welcome to our special guest today, Brian Jordan. Brian, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm great. It's good to talk to you uh, more in person today than we have in the past. And I just want to let our listeners know there's going to be some special things we're going to talk about today, including your description of the love that you felt on the other side. It's a description that I've never heard before, and I loved it. So everybody keep listening, and we'll find out what that is in a few minutes. Anyway, Brian, hey, tell us a little bit about you. I'm a heavy equipment operator. I travel the United States building y'all's highways and roads and all that good stuff. And just a regular man that lives a regular life, trying to treat everybody just like I like to be treated. I have kids. My mom and dad is still blessed to be with me. Of course, they went through hell behind it. (laughs) But it's all good. It's pretty much it, man. Just a regular guy. Well, we need those equipment operators. I have a brother-in-law. That's what he does, too. And that is makes America that kind of work. Yes, yes, yes. So we appreciate you. Hey, let's go back just a few years ago to when you had a widowmaker, we like to call them that because they sound dramatic, widowmaker heart attack. And this was just less than three years ago. So this is still pretty fresh. I know you haven't talked about this a ton. So, you know, it's okay if memories are still coming back to you. But prior to October 3rd of 2020, how was your health and what led up to this? I asked the doctor, um, my health, I worked out in the gym. I was in the gym four days out of the week. I ate good. I did everything. I thought I was doing everything I was supposed to. I was in really good shape when I had my heart attack. So what the doctor told me, I had a, a block stent. Because everybody was looking at me in the hospital like, well, what are you doing in here with a heart attack? But things happen. Yeah. What was your age at that time? I was 53. Okay. So nice and young. Yeah. Yeah. And what were you doing that day when it hit? Oh, I was at work. I was at work. I was on my bulldozer uh, when all of that started. From the, like I said about the doctor, he told me it was genetic. And that's the only explanation he gave me. And he walked right out the door. And my grandfather passed away from heart attack. I never met him. So that was young also. He died in my mother's arms. Yeah, he died in my mother's arms. She was like 16 If you don't mind, give us some detail. So you're driving a bulldozer. How do you feel? What happens? You know, do you just kind of drop over dead or what? Run us through all of that day. Okay. I got up that morning, man, and I felt great. It was a Saturday. We were supposed to get off early that day. We've been putting in a lot of hours, and we tend to to do that. This was around noon. I stopped for my lunch, to eat lunch. I ate me a quick bologna peanut butter and jelly sandwich. A lot of my friends won't eat that to this day. <laughs> Did you say bologna and peanut butter and jelly? No, sir. Peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, just peanut butter and jelly. I ate a sandwich. I put my stuff away. This was like at 12. By 12.05, it was back in gear. I was pushing. And instantly, my neck started hurting. It was like a pressure. 
And I've never had that. I've never felt that before, ever. So I stopped. I said, okay, this is uh, different, you know, and I waited for it to go away and it didn't. So I climbed down off the bulldozer and then my breathing started changing. I had another friend working with me because we was building these wind farms, you know, the big giant fans that spin around the country. We were building one of those. So I was a good ways from the office. So I had a water truck driver with me. I told him, hey, I said, you need to come and take me to the office. I thought it was heartburn. When I got to the, you know, because it started going into my chest. And then my breathing is starting to do do tricks. So when he got me to the office, I walked in and my medic was there. And I told her, I said, I'm having heartburn. And she looked at me and she knew it was more than, than I thought it was. Because I'm going to take you back. A year before this, I was working in North Dakota. I was working by myself, of course, on the bulldozer. I had stopped for lunch, come back, started back working, and my girlfriend called me. And she started randomly saying stuff and then feel like something hit me in my chest, like a hammer. Oh, I got kicked in the chest. And then I told her, I said, my chest hurts. And she knows when I say, I, if I say my chest hurts, that's something wrong, majorly wrong. I'm not the hospital type. She told me, get off the phone right now and call 911. So I did that. Well, before I did that, I hung up the phone with her and I checked my pulse. When I checked my pulse, my heartbeat was all over the place. I didn't even know a heart could beat like that. And I'm like, instantly, I said, I am dying. Fear came and gripped me. And I'm like, I'm out here by myself. I'm having a heart attack. And there's nobody here but me. And I got scared. When I tell you I got scared, fear just grabbed me. My son was getting on a plane. I had got him a job out there. So he's flying up there. And here I am. Nobody going to be able to be there to get him from that court because I'm dead. You know what I'm saying? So I had all this going in my head. I'm about to die. And fear had me by the throat, man. And all of a sudden, something happened. Something happened. It was a peace. And it like it fell down from the sky. And all of a sudden I went from being scared, panicking that I'm dying to it was like a flick of a switch. I went from all that fear to straight calm because the peace was so strong. I started looking around. That's how strong it was. It took all the fear out of my body. Everything was gone. The next, my next thoughts were, oh, it's okay to die. That's just how good of a feeling that was that was around me. And uh, eventually, the pain went away. I was on the phone to 911 operators. They got me to the hospital, and they told me I had gas, chest, you know what I mean? Chest congestion or whatever. And I'm like, ah, that was too much. I've, I've never had chest congestion like that to where my heartbeat was beating like that. That's what they told me. So they just sent you home? Yeah, they gave me something for indigestion and they sent me home and they said they did not see anything on the the machines that, that should have showed a heart attack. So it makes sense then a year later when you did have the big heart attack that you thought it was just indigestion or heartburn or something because you'd kind of been through this. Yes, sir. Exactly. So that's what I told her. Yeah. So you're in the office, but she knows it's more than than that. Yes. Yes. And then what happens? She gave me Tums and then she gave me aspirin and she made me sit down. And so my safety guy, they didn't heard about it. So he comes over and he like, well, I'm going to take him over there. Now our office let it rest. 
that was not about to happen. She she stopped that immediately and said I wasn't going nowhere. So she got on a computer and start doing. By this time, my chest, I, the pain was in my chest. And so I'm like, I heard her saying something about ambulance and I'm at work. I'm like, this, I said, no, this is too much. I don't want that kind of attention. You know what I'm saying? I'm just the type. I stay the low key. Sure. It'd be embarrassing if it's just indigestion again. Man. Oh, and I'm like, please go away. Please go away. And I can hear them. Safety guy sits right across from me. Oh, my arm started hurting. That's, that's what happened. And right then I, I said, I'm in trouble. You know, I said, I'm in trouble. But I didn't freak out like I did the year before. I wasn't afraid like I was. And once my arms started hurting, oh, I knew that's heart attack. I knew that was no doubt in my mind. And I said, uh, God, I said, if I did anything to offend you, I am sorry. <laughs> and I left it just like that. And I start remembering the year before how that piece was. So I just sat there. I waited it, start waiting out. And all of a sudden, all my pain started going away. And I told them, I said, my pain is going away. And they said, good. And a couple minutes after that, I felt myself passing out. And ain't nothing I could have done about it. I couldn't have said nothing. I felt myself passing out, going to sleep. And with my safety guy sitting knee to knee with my last thoughts were, I hope he catch me before I smash my face in that floor. That was it. And so when I opened my eyes, I was on the floor on my back and my medic, BJ, she was on top of my chest. She just pushed. And I, she never saw me open my eyes. So I was looking at her. And I said, hey, oh, my God. She jumped off of me. <laughs> and she was leaning over me, man. Let me tell you, when I tell you, I scared. I found out later that heart attack victims don't come back talking. You know, that's just not what they do. But that's not what happened to me. So you broke all the rules. <laughs> I broke the rules. <laughs> and, man, her eyes was that big. And she said, Brian, she said, your heart stopped. And I said, oh, no, it didn't. I said I was asleep because I was dreaming. And she said, you should imagine her face when I said that. And she said, Brian, you died. And I'm like, no, I didn't. Because I, I know what I was seeing. And that's when I looked down and I saw they had cut my shirt off. All these people starting to pile up in the door. Um, these pads were on my chest. This machine was sitting here just talking and talking. Uh, the one they plugged me up to, the uh, AD, AD, whatever they say, that machine. Was it a defibrillator? Defibrillator, yes, sir. Uh -huh. Okay. Now, is the ambulance there yet or are they all just doing this in the office? No, no. I'm 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 50 miles from a small city. I'm 80 miles from anybody that could help me. Oh wow. So they're sending the ambulance as we as all is going on, the ambulance is on the way. Actually, my boss was out of town driving in when the ambulance passed him. And he, he they was laughing. I wonder what's going on with that. And then they get a phone call finding out it was me. So now they follow me on ambulance. So I'm in the middle of nowhere, man. I mean, we build those things way out in the middle of nowhere. They got me off the floor. I told them, get me on you telling me I was dead. I mean, I didn't feel dead. You know, I don't, you know, I don't know what, how it's supposed to feel, but if that's the way it's supposed to feel, I'm good with it. <laughs> so yeah, they got me off the floor. And so what happened is, Right when I passed out and, and, and started understanding what was going on, I was in, I was up there with the stars. 
thousand month stars because I remember seeing lights and I was just floating there. But I didn't, and I start seeing these things. I can't remember what exactly they look like, but I know when I was looking at them, I was saying to myself, I said, okay, I said, this is not earth stuff. These things that I'm watching, because what they were doing, they were shooting across in front of me. And they were like, I don't, I can't say they were ships, but they had to be some kind of craft. I, I want to say craft because they were shooting across and behind them, they were leaving these trails, these tails of like stars. And they were going back and just putting on a show. And they were leaving these trails behind me. They were going back and forth. And I said to myself, that's the first time I said, this stuff is not earth. I don't, this, I don't, I don't know what I'm looking at. So I said to myself, okay, I fell out that chair. So I'm dreaming. Because you know you have dreams that just don't make sense when you wake up. You know what I'm saying? So sure. I'm figuring, I know that I'm dreaming. I said, okay, I'm dreaming because what I'm seeing is I don't know what I'm looking at. But they were putting on a show, I tell you. Would you say those things were more like UFOs or more like angels or something or more like, um, you know, astronomical things like planets, suns? Man, when, when, you, when you go there and see that stuff, it's, it's trying to put it into words. And I, I can, I can't. My two things that I were thinking, because I can't remember seeing the actual whatever it was, it could have possibly been angels doing that or some kind of UFO, some kind of some kind of ship or something that would leave a, a comet trail behind. It. You know, but whatever they was doing, they was having fun with it. And I was enjoying the show. I just didn't know what I was looking at. And that's okay. It's okay if you don't know all that or understand. Yeah, I cannot remember what they were. Okay. But I know I was in the stars in the universe first. What did you see next? It's it's like your it's like your channel turns on your TV. So next thing you know, I'm I'm perfectly still, and I'm in I'm under this dome. The dome looked like a cave to me because it was rock. I could see all the rock. Uh, the walls, it was like a, uh, like the inside of a cave, but it was lit. It was the, uh, the, the rock was real pretty. It was, it was an orange color and it went down. And when it got to where the, there should have been where the floor meets the walls, then there was no floor. The walls just stopped. And then I'm looking down where the floor should be. And it was like, again, I'm looking into the universe. I'm looking down into, like we do here at night when we look up at the sky, it's like I was in the, under the dome looking down into the sky. And they had these square, these cuts of stone, they were square. There was two stones next to each other, and there was a space from the next to and these stones made a path, just like you from the country, there would always be that that stone path to the front door so you won't walk in the mud or whatever. But they were side by side in a perfect space. As you go to the right, they would even drop down a little bit, drop a little bit, and then they went and turned. The other side went, I looked left, and it went. It was all the way to the, to the wall. And uh, where they went to the wall, there was a door. And it looked like an old castle door. It had a curve on the top. And I, I was standing uh, square doors. And so there in the door, there was somebody in the doorway. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, because they were looking back at me, but I can see through them. So I'm like, wow, I can see through this person. And me still not knowing not one second that I'm even dead, you know, and I'm looking at them and they're looking back at me. And so we just looking at each other. And then I said, he never moved from that doorway, never moved. And I'm at a good distance away. He's not like right there because he's so far away. I can't make out a face. 
you know, but I could see there's something in the doorway and I can tell I could see through it. So my mind started getting the best of me. And I said, I want to go see what that is. And as soon as I said is, I took off like a bullet. I say even faster than a bullet. And it was so smooth. You actually see stuff going by you so fast. And I just thought it. And dude, I was going so fast. And when I got to where, I'll call him my guide. Uh, when I got to where he was, I popped up above the door. So here I took off a bullet, went right up against the wall. That was no sudden stop and no earth stuff. It's just, whoop, I was here and then I was there. And man, let me tell you, when I did that, my mind went crazy. So in what way? How did it go crazy? Just excitement or? I was so excited. I'm like, how did I just do that? How did I just go from here to there? And I saw myself moving. It wasn't a blink from one spot to the other. I saw myself moving that fast. And I got to the wall and I stopped. Why I went to the top of the wall above the door above him is I've heard stories. They don't let you see their faces. You know, some of them hold you by the hand, but you can't never remember seeing the face. So he wasn't going to let me see his face. Him, her, I'm not sure. So I popped up above him. That was the whole thing to get me to the doorway. Because after I stopped freaking out and realized, wait a minute, I came here to see this man that I could see through. And and I looked down quickly, I, I, you know, after all the excitement of me moving like that. And then I, 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 I looked down real fast because I forgot about him. And there he was right up under me. And he, he, you know, the path that I was telling you, he started floating. He left and he floated right along that, that pathway. And I, and I was up against the wall up there watching him leave until I, he disappeared. And then it, everything went dark, total darkness. But a lot of people hear darkness, they say fear. I was never afraid, not one time that I was there. I didn't know what fear was or I had no thoughts of it because none of it crossed my mind, regardless if I was in the light or if I was in the dark. Fear is just wasn't a part of me. I noticed that each time I was going to these different places, I was changing because when I was in the dark, I didn't ask no questions. My soul was looking up. I was why I was looking up. I don't know. In the first two parts of it, I was in control, you know, looking around, asking questions. When I got into the darkness, I was just looking up automatically, I guess. But my soul knew what was coming. I didn't. But why would I be looking up? And then all of a sudden, I saw a light. And it was like a flashlight. It was like somebody way out in the dark had a light like they were looking. Man, that light turned on me. And it was so bright. I remember I threw my hands up. Or if I had hands, I don't know. I threw them up to block the light. Soon as I made that reaction, I was inside the light. And it was a calm light. Everything around me was calm. It wasn't hard to look at. Soft, soft, beautiful light. And it was, I looked up, down, around me. It was everywhere. I said, okay. But... I still wasn't freaking out like I was before because each, each stage I go into, I was losing Brian and whatever I'm really am, it was coming out and it was coming out. And I could tell because I stopped asking questions, something else was taking over. Yeah. I, I have a couple questions before you proceed, if you don't mind. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cause I, I've been dying to ask. So did you see what was beyond the door? I want to know what's behind the door. No, it was dark. So the darkness you're talking about was like you went through the door and that's when you were into the dark. And then went into the darkness because him in the door, he was laminated. He was illuminated. But behind him, it was dark. Okay, got okay? it. But in the cave where I was, it was all lit up. It was lit. And I never saw where light source was coming from, but they say our souls are balls of light. So I could have been lightening up the whole place there myself. I don't know. Yeah. Because when 
he moved from the door and I went in, then it was dark. And this is a lot going on. The people that were performing CPR on your body, did they tell you about how long your heart was stopped? They told me, she told me four to five minutes. They didn't gauge it, but from the time it took, you know, I just died right there and nobody was ready. Yeah, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, go ahead and keep going. So you're in this darkness now. Yes, and the light came and it took me in. And as I'm waiting there, the front of the light start turning into a fog. Start turning into a fog right in front of me. And so as I'm watching the fog, it start thinning out. And then I can see past the fog. And it was a blue sky. And I'm I'm starting to be nosy now. I'm like, I'm like, that looked like the sky. And next thing you know, man, it was like God just grabbed me. Dude, I went into this love and it was so strong because it just takes you. It don't come say, hey, come in, let me talk to you. No, it grabs you. It's like you stick your hand in a high voltage line and don't die from it. Get all that power running through and shaking you all through your body. And you just lay, and it's so beautiful. It's the best love you can ever feel. There's nothing on it. There's no words to describe that feeling. I used to cry every time I get to this part, but I'm going to have done a lot better now. <laughs> so, yeah, I used to get to this part, man, because that was a, out of everything I saw, everything I felt, everything that happened to me that day, there's nothing ever you can feel the way that love was running through my body. And at the time, or my soul or whatever was happening, I'm thinking really it was some type of cleansing or something that I had to go through. I'm not sure. But I know what it felt like, and i never forget it. And I was as I was laying there, having all this zap through me, there's words right in front of me. And it said forgiveness. The next one said love. And the next one said peace. When I saw the peace, when it left, I came out of the light. Is this the time that you were telling me about the other day when you described the waterfall of love? Yes. It's like it's like I was as far as the power of uh, say the Niagara Falls. If you was to if I was to grab you and stick you under the bottom where all that force was coming down. That's just another way of trying to, ex- to describe it. You know, with that force of water where you, it normally would destroy you. But in that state, the way that love, the way that power of that water was falling, it's like the power of the love or just like getting shot. There's so many ways you have to try and, for us humans to understand what I'm trying to say. So that's the best two ways I can describe it. You know, using power. It's, it's all power. I like that. Yeah. And I and I hear people all the time uh, as we're doing these interviews trying to explain what that love is like that they felt. Nobody can do it very well. You can't do it. Everybody does it in a different way. You have to you have to feel it. There's no way you can describe how all that because we're humans, you don't you don't see that or no miracles, nothing like that being performed, not like that. But I have all that just flooding through you and ain't nothing you're about to do about it, but sit there and enjoy it. It's like an ecstasy, the best feeling. It's the best feeling known. And that's the best way I can describe it. What's the closest time in on, when you're on the earth? What's the closest thing that's ever come to that feeling? Nothing. Nothing even close? No, no. Nothing, nothing will ever can, can touch that. It's a it's it's a whole new thing. I get chill bumps just talking about it. So isn't it hard to come back and not be feeling that anymore? Or does some of that stick with you? That's the hardest thing in the world is to come back. That's the hardest thing. That was the hardest thing. Because after they got me off the floor, before the ambulance got there, they took me I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. But just to, so I won't forget it later. When I got back and they was all looking at me in that chair, sweating and wanting to go to sleep, 
I would look up them and they wouldn't even look at me because they couldn't do nothing with me. And that's my friends. You know, we're a family on the road. Here they are. They, they couldn't even look at me. And while they were sitting there feeling sorry for me, I was feeling sorry for this whole world. And I'm like, man, y'all don't even realize what I just saw. And everybody was sad, you know, and I was looking at them and I was sad for them. And I was the one having a heart attack. It's a whole different thing when you see that. It's like when I when I came out the light, the wild me moving fast. Oh, what's that? What is this I'm looking at? When I came out of that light, I was all power. I was all with all I could ever want to be. I was no more Brian. I wasn't thinking no human. All of that was gone. I felt like a god. And I don't know how God's supposed to feel, but when I was, dude, I was in the sky looking down and not tripping out saying, oh, my God, I'm in the sky. Look, look. None of that. All of that was gone. I was calm. I had peace flowing through me, like peace, just like the love that I described. You get that feeling with that peace. It just flows through you. There is not one thing on my mind. No heart attack, no pain. I didn't remember how I died. I didn't even know I was even dead. All I know I was right now was a Superman. And I can do anything that I wanted. And, I mean, just, and the thing is about Earth is I never remember nothing from Earth. Not at all. Besides me falling out that chair. And that let me know, okay, you might be dreaming. But then by the time I got to this part, I was all superpower. I was I was amazing. I was strong, strong, strong. And I knew I can do anything that I want. And so as I'm up there in the sky, I'm looking down and I see these trees. I see land. So I start floating down out of the sky really slow. I didn't move fast like I did. I had no rush. So I came down to the tops of these pine trees and I started looking at them. And as I started floating down next to the trees, I'm looking at these needles. They were so green, green needles on these pine trees. And I could see all of them. I could see, and I could see them all. Not just, you know, we have to look and focus And one thing. I could see every, all of the needles, every individual ones. And I floated down these trees. And they went into the ground, and then I, I floated backwards. These trees were up on this cliff or something because that was a drop-off. And the rock or the sand or whatever was on the slopes that, that the drop-off, it was the same color as the rocks that was in the cave. It had that orange look, real pretty orange look. And I looked below that. So now here I am floating over the most beautiful garden I've ever seen in my life. When I looked down, I was caught. The flowers caught me. They were so beautiful. They were huge. And they were sparkling. They were just sparkling. And the colors of these flowers were a thousand times ours. Or, or we could take the most beautiful flower in this world and look at it. That flower is going to be dull compared to that. It has not even a chance sitting next to those flowers. And it was like they were alive. They were entrancing me. I couldn't even look away. You, you, there, were, there were millions. And they were in this valley because I could see to my left and I could see to my right. And them flowers went for miles till they disappeared on each side in a big valley. And I could see the sun rays, or not the sun. I'm sure there ain't no sun over there. But there were white rays, like we have yellow ones from the sun. The rays that came down from the sky were white. And they were thick, thick. They, you knew they were there. There was no, oh, I think I see some rays. No, they, they were commanding out the sky. And I'm not sure if that light that brought me there was still up there. And that was the way the light, the rays were coming from. I don't know. But I knew I came back. So it must have been sitting up there still. So, yeah, I'm looking left, I'm looking right, and man, the thing about there, 
is the flowers that I was looking at. They had red ones and white ones. And I remember I zoomed in on two. And there was a red one and white one sitting right next together. And I could still see the ones that were around them. And I could still see left and right as I was zooming in on that flower. I could still see everything. Even zooming in, blah, blah, blah. It's all there where I could see it. And as I mesmerized, I mean, that garden had me so caught up. I mean, a color, you couldn't look away. I could not look away. And so I'm just drifting to the right, real slow, looking down at these flowers. And then the channel changed. I'm back in the sky. Nothing around me, nothing but big, giant blue sky. And I'm up there just in the sky. And then as I'm looking in front of me, it's hard to describe this too because you're looking at a blue sky and then something like something shifted or something opened, something did something. And then there was these four bright lights, four white lights, straight up and down. And so as I'm looking at the lights, I could tell they were coming to me. Oh, I was going to them. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I knew they were getting bigger. And as I'm watching them come, all these little lights just start popping. All these lights, man. Start. And now I'm looking around me. And as these little lights circling and just, just having a grand old time all over me. And I'm looking like, wow, you know, look at these lights. And then as the big ones came, they stopped in front of me, the big lights came and they stopped. And then all the little lights, it reminded me myself of a disturbed bee nest. Like somebody hit the hive and then all of these out circling and running around. That's how they were around me. And then they all start shooting to the big lights. And then they started at the top. It was just going and going. And so now I'm looking, so I'm starting to see ahead. I mean, these things are, they're all melting together. So I, I, I see ahead, then they go down and they're making a neck. It's just like they're filling in. And they were all just steady shooting away from me. And man, they build, I watched them go all the way down to the bottom because after you hit the shoulders, as they came down, the shoulders made a point and then they went in, into the light of the body. So that lets me know he was holding his hands or his hands was behind his back. After they filled him in down to the bottom, I looked up and he had his head down the whole while they were making it. And man, his head was down. You could tell his chin was in his chest. And when they finished, he lifted his head up. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> But I said that when I came back, but in my form, my spirit form, didn't nothing he, that happened surprised me. It was just like I, I knew that's, hey, if that's God, if that's how he pops up, then you know what I'm saying? My soul wasn't amazed because I was, I'd been there long enough to where I'm, you know, I'm being almost too long if I'm supposed to go back because I was there a long time. That's just the first time. And man, it was, it was so amazing. And then he started, as he, he sat there, he was just looking at me. Now imagine just looking at a man of all life. You could see the structure of the face. You could see the jawbone. Uh, and then the lights start coming out the side of his head. And they were waving. There were two waving lights. And then another one popped out on the top. And it was waving, like waving. And I'm looking at him, it's like, it's like wow, he knows it all. That, that's nothing that gets by him. When, I, when this first happened to me, I was putting my uh, story on everything. I'm like, man, we have to see this. We are so sleep. We're so lost. We all think in this one way, and, and it's not even that hard. You know, all you got to do is love your neighbor. And so somebody told me, just before I even thought about writing a book or anything. You know, somebody asked me about that. And, and when they, they, they told me, they said, you sure that wasn't you? And I'm like, 
I said, that's no way I can, that's, that's no way. That was way too powerful. That had to be God. That's all, I, that's why I say the great one. I don't even say God no more because lo- looking at what I was looking at, that takes all that out your mouth. All that. God, that's not even a big enough word to support this power that I'm sitting here looking at. And when somebody, they mention that, and I didn't, I, 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 I see the name, that's no possible way. That's How could I be looking at myself? But then you start learning about a higher self. And so I dismissed that. And that was like two years ago. Was there any communication going on between the two of you? No. You just saw him, knew who he was. None. He was right in my face. I figured he was gone. But as a couple of years passed by, others, you know, you meet spiritual people. And just, just, I did a podcast last week. And when I got to that point, people asked, he had another one asked, you know, there's a higher self. You could have been looking at your own self because there's a little bit of us that comes to earth. But our main self is still there. And now you want to want to tell you something that blew my mind because I wasn't ready for that. I still don't know who he was. You know, as these spiritual people keep saying that could have been my own self. And man, to imagine you being that powerful. I thought I was powerful enough just floating around. And now here I'm looking at something that, that could possibly be me. Now, that blew my mind. So on this particular day, and I'm sorry for interrupting, on this particular day, you had a couple of other times that your heart stopped. We're still on the first time. Is there very much more that happens? Would you get us, go ahead and take us through that and and the yeah. experience of getting back in your body, if you remember that. Yes. Oh, yeah, I remember that. As he, as he was looking at me, he started flying in the sky. He went up. And down and right, he was just flying around. And I'm looking at him and his head is turning and he's watching me. He never stopped looking at me. When he got done doing that, he came back right back to my face. And we looked at each other and then he took off. (laughs) But this time he moved like I did in the first part. Because he moved so fast, there were silhouettes. He left silhouettes of himself. That's when I opened my eyes on the floor. Wow. You stayed with me until, yep, until they fixed me. And you opened your eyes and they're doing CPR on you. And they're doing CPR and everything is going crazy while I just had the ride of my life. <laughs> These coming in back into the body experiences kind of crack me up. They're so different. Yeah. <laughs> I talked to somebody yesterday and his episode will probably be out before this one, but he um he was in an operating room, was dead for a while. I don't want to give away a bunch of details. But when he woke up, he had the sheet up over his head because he was dead. Oh, yeah. And he woke up and pulled the sheet down and sat up like, hey. <laughs> oh, I bet he blew their mind. And, and <laughs> yeah, and you freaked out the woman that was doing chest compressions on you, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yes. Although she must have just been so excited that it worked. Wow. Yes. 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 She said, I've done that a bunch of times and nobody has come back talking and you scared me. Wow. Okay. We don't want to go on for five hours today. So if that's it. Yeah, I know. Cause I can, it's a long one. Yeah. It's okay. It's awesome. And I love the detail. The first one is just the longest. Okay. Yes, the second two are short. Let's talk about those. Does the ambulance get there before number two heart stoppage happens? Yes, sir. The ambulance got there, and they put me in the ambulance. And as soon as they hooked me up to all these wires or whatever, I closed my eyes. This time, when I the first time I died, I didn't feel nothing. I just felt myself passing out. But this time, I felt a jerk. It was like a jerk. And then I was standing next to my body. I couldn't see nobody else in the ambulance. And I was looking. I was just close to my face. So a jerk like someone jerked your spirit out of your body? Yep. That's interesting. Like it, uh, like it, didn't, really want, like it didn't really want to come out, but it was forced. 
because yeah. I'm not getting any, nothing to my heart. I'm 99% blah. Yeah. So yeah, it's like it, I came back and then, you know, I guess I'm supposed to be here, but my body like couldn't hold. It. And so I died again and I'm standing there looking at my face. My head was turned to the side. My eyes were closed and my mouth was open because I could see the top row of my teeth. Honestly, I didn't even know what I was. I was looking at my face. I called myself it. I didn't like, what is that? I didn't want to have nothing to do with it. I didn't feel nothing for it. It was useless, uh, a useful piece of dirt to me. <laughs> Pretty much what it was. Yeah, you were done with that dirty old body, huh? My soul did not want nothing to do with my body. Hmm. And that's it trips me out how people, you get these people that figure that God gives to women and men, and you know what I'm saying, thinking you all, but then when your soul actually jump out your body, it's going to look at you a whole different way than the way you look at yourself. Because <laughs> it cared nothing. And so... After I sat there and tried to figure out what that was I was looking at, because I never knew, never even knew it was me, I was gone. And this time, I was uh, I was in this place, and I was floating, and I was just, in front of me was this big, huge circle, huge. And they had flowers all inside this circle. Each flowers had their group, the green ones, blue ones, whatever. And they all made up this one circle. And as I looked at this circle, it was, it, it just comes. It said, all of these represents different people, different languages, different cultures, but they all are inside that one circle, letting us know we are all one, even though I look different from you or talk different from you, but I can't hate you because I don't know you. You know what I'm saying? It's just we are all one. We just can't see that here because everybody wearing different suits. You know what I'm saying? So that's the way. I mean, and I never I had to think about it or nothing. When I came back, that's what I say. And that's what comes out. And I will say it until the fourth time. It's time for me to go. So from there, and this, this part here, like I said, after I after I was looking at these flowers and got my explanation, the channel changed. Now I'm inside this white room. Beautiful, white, white, shiny white. It was so white it made me pay attention to the whiteness of this room. The wall, ceiling, floor, everything was shiny white. And they had podiums there, like they have in museums. And they had these animals sitting on top of these podiums in this white room. It rem I'm thinking like a museum type place because the animals were statues. And these animals, they were these dogs that the Egyptians drew on the walls. I remember seeing growing up are these black Egyptian dogs because in the way they drew them, on the wall, they would draw a long pointy nose with a ball on the end. I don't know if you ever remember seeing that growing up or, and had the pointy ears. Sure. Yeah. And there was a whole dog standing there. It was a statue, but that it looked just like the way they drew them, not the way a real dog looks. And they were, they were all, oh, it was a, quite a few of them in this room, in this white room. And it just made me, Give this, have this museum like they were on display, you know. I've done studies. I don't know how much it ties in with the studies, but I heard those dogs were their protectors. And in the afterlife, they would help them cross over. So after I looked at the dogs, till this day, I was wondering why I was there looking at that stuff. And it made me think maybe I had a past life in that time. You know, maybe I would, you just never know, man. And we, we won't never, we can't figure that stuff out. But you'll know when you leave. I guarantee that. So after, after the museum, I was like back in space and I was looking down at the earth. 
and the earth might have been the size of an orange from my distance of where I was. And I'm looking at it. The blueness of this earth was so, it was so beautiful, deep blue that it was glowing. It was glowing. And there was a mist that like that fog that I was in, in the first part, in the light, right. that mist, it had that mist around the earth. And, I, and it was so blue and the earth was so blue. It was still, it was still pulsating through the mist. You could, and it was so beautiful. And after I looked at that, I'm like, how could something be so beautiful? How so much evil killing and all this stuff. But from my distance, it was beautiful. I mean, it was beautiful and it was round. It wasn't flat. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not in the flat earther category. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I, I'm going to get some slack behind that one. But I'm familiar with that philosophy. I find it humorous. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So from then, my channel changed. I saw so much other stuff flash in front of me, and I can't remember those. Okay. I can't remember. So when I opened my eyes in the ambulance, everybody now was just looking at me. And uh, they were just looking at me. So I'm like, I say, what happened? She said, oh, we had to shock you again. I said, oh, I said, okay. So we waited on the am uh, the helicopter to get there because I was way too far for it to be transported uh, by an ambulance. So I heard the helicopter come in. They put me in the helicopter. And they had, it was a small helicopter. I was surprised. And so they stuffed me in there. And there was this guy in the back with me, while the other two flew or one, whoever, I can't remember. And I was just looking out the window and John fly. But every time I would I would look back at him, he was watching me like a hawk. <laughs> just in case this guy dies again. I tell you, because I had already coded twice and they knew it. Yeah. So yeah, and he he did, he made his money that day. Every time I took a peek over there at him. He was watching me like a hawk. <laughs> so they got me to the hospital and they were yelling, oh, blockage, blockage. And they got me in there and, and they stripped all my clothes off and started prepping me for surgery. And I remember I was freezing, freezing. Now I went from sweating to freezing. So I'm laying on that cold table, my arms on my side of me. And then that time I just left. And when I came back, my arms were over my head up here. And so I, I asked the guy, I said, uh, it was just working. Nobody was, you know, it was just working. So I said, hey, I said, uh, wasn't my arms on my side? And he said, yeah. He said, you didn't feel that? I said, no. I said, feel what? He said, man, when we shocked you. He said, your whole body almost flew off the table. We had to reset you. And that's when your arm, he said, you didn't feel that? Uh, I said, no, I didn't feel that. I didn't want to feel that. <laughs> yeah, you weren't even there. No, I was gone, gone, man. And they, they down there wrestling with me again. And here I am. This time I'm in front of the, it. It reminded me of a chair. It reminded me of a chair, man. And it was so old. It was old, old. It didn't have a backrest, um, but it was it was the size maybe three or three four story building, but it looked like a footstool. It didn't really look like a chair. It looked more like a a footstool, but it was huge. It was gigantic. So at the top, I can't remember the details of the I can't remember of the details of it, but there were some I do. At the top, there were green vines growing down from the top on down the sides and they went all the way down to the floor these vines were beautiful the colors man of this stuff there it's just it's just everything you look at you're going to look at it more you just don't look away and on this vine they had these yellow flowers they they're they reminded me of tube flowers and they were beautiful and they were growing down these vines all the way down to the floor and what held this box or chair, whatever it was, the wood was old, old, and it was carved and it was carved footing. 
they were carved wood and they, you could tell just looking at it it was ancient old by the way it looked so whatever i'm looking at was really old and you know that bothered me for a couple of years i kept looking for flowers kept looking for to see anything that was close and do you know just a few weeks ago after three years a few weeks ago i finally found yellow flowers that look like those and you know the name of them no what are they creamy yellow angels trumpet now imagine the name of that that i found it could be a coincidence of course but they look exactly like the ones that i saw and look at their names creamy yellow angels trumpet yeah i'll google that as soon as we're done yes yes all right. Did you see anything else on this third experience that was new from the first two besides that? No, sir. I think I had stuff flashing after the chair that I can't remember. And some of that will probably come back to you. Yeah. It's normal for it to take some time. Yeah. It took two years because the first podcast I did, I took the followers right to the light because I couldn't remember the beginning beginning, but from the light to Seeing the light, man, I, I'd never forget that part. But I just wasn't, I didn't know what the beginnings were, but oh, that's bad. I had to change my book because I wrote it before my memory. So when I started editing, then that's it. Oh, I had to change that. That's not how it happened. And these things can take, you know, this can take a few days for all the memories to come back. For some people, it takes a few years and and that's okay. And yeah. and some people that I've talked to have said, I learned all about such and such, like the creation of the world. I know that I learned all about it, but I don't remember it now. But I but I know that I learned it. Yes. And I knew I was seeing some stuff that I, I can't remember what they are in the beginning. Until this day, I'm like, what were they? But they were shooting across, leaving sparkling trails and I was having fun <laughs> and I didn't even know what I was looking at. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I want to get back to this, um, seeing all these lights come into a formation that at first you thought was God. Yes. Besides a few people telling you, no, maybe it was something else. Maybe it was your higher self. Has anything else happened or memories that would lead you to believe that that wasn't God? No. Okay. I, I believed in my soul that was God, you know. Like I said, it's, it's still new to me. Five years later, I'm probably going to say something different. If I were you, I would stick with those first thoughts that came to you. They were probably the ones that are right. And don't let somebody change your mind that maybe it was something else. Yeah. And, you know, as far as me, it don't even matter what it was, you know, I know what I saw because I was raised in a religion. You know, you don't just die and go to heaven. You got to go through all these other routes and rules and regulations. But when I saw what I saw, when I left my body and the way I felt what I felt, I don't care what nobody said. Good. I know where I'm going when I leave here. That's great. So it don't matter who, it doesn't matter who he was. It's just the fact that I went on a grand tour. And speaking of religion, has your beliefs or thoughts about your faith changed since this happened? Everything changed. Tell me about that. How has it changed? I don't see because I'm going to have to, let me, let me try and explain this, man. And it's going to be really, really hard. When you leave here and come back, it's like you left a box. It's like you jumped out of a little bitty box. So when you come back, you're not in that box anymore, what everybody else is. So that's what makes it hard. You know what I'm saying? All people have if their religions, their beliefs. That's all you're taught. That's all you program to know. You know what I'm saying? You choose whatever you believe in. But when you get out of that box and come back, none of that makes any sense to me anymore. It's like all of these are earth rules earth stuff because when i left earth i never remembered nothing else from it so as far as religion no i a religion 
I, my thing is the universe was rolling way before religion came here, before man started religion. So whatever happened to you in that time before the, the universe was rolling, the universe hasn't changed. So when you come with your rules and saying this and this is the way it's supposed to go, after you leave here and go there and come back, you don't see it that way. And there's nobody walking this earth is, can tell me different. Nobody. It changes your mind. Everything is different. Like I said, I felt sorry for humans when I came back. And then I went into the depression and all the other stuff that comes with that. It, it's a weight. It's a weight to carry. And I love carrying. So just to clarify, would you say that what you experienced contradicted your religion or it just was such a higher level, you realized the religion you had been, church you had been going to didn't really matter anymore. It didn't matter anymore. And I'll tell you another thing, and I can tell everybody else this. You're going to forget when you leave here. You're not going to remember going to your church. You won't remember none of that. It's all going to be gone. Just that simple. And I know it's hard to understand. How about memories of your loved ones? Those will be there. It's the, you take the good when you leave here. Your family, they all are there. Everybody's there because everybody talks about it. I didn't go that far. All I can tell you, I didn't remember nothing from this place. It was all gone. So whatever you think you're doing right, I don't knock nobody's beliefs. Believe in what you think you have to believe in. But if you had the chance to die like me and come back, you will be talking totally different to them. So has it helped you to talk to other people that have had experiences like this? Oh, I had to, man. I was I was a lost cause. I was so lost and confused because I grew up in religion. First of all, I was happy that I wasn't in a hell. I was so happy. Um, and then I had to, okay, what are all these thoughts going through my mind now? Okay, I had to find somebody. I couldn't talk to regular people. You know, nobody understand me. I had to find people that it happened to, and I did. So I went on these uh, near-death uh, accounts and, and listen and learn and start talking to people. And I, I met this friend. Her name is Lisa. And she had to work with me, man. I mean, okay, all this you in your mind that you grew up with, now you saw something totally different. I needed help. And I grew a lot. I had a million questions, even because in my mind, when I see that come back, it's telling me everything's okay. But what you drilled in growing, oh, no, you, it's, that's not the way. But when I laid in my hospital bed, I will never forget this. He never said nothing to me when I was looking at him. But when I came back and I was laying in my hospital bed, so overwhelmed about all what I saw, a little voice right in my head said, Brian, heaven is easy. It's all about love. And when I heard that, I said, and you know, when I left that hospital, I jumped in this way in both feet. I had to find somebody that said that. And do you know, most of the accounts that I've read, they said just what I said. So that confirmed it. Whatever was being said in my ear was being confirmed by all these other near-death experiences. It's all about love. And that's what I was saying until the day I leave here Honestly, I mean, how I, I left and I couldn't remember nothing from here, but yet I'm supposed to be judged in front of this big bad God and all of that. You didn't feel any guilt? Any guilt as far as? Well, you weren't perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. No, no, no. And some of us are, some of us are afraid we're going to get over to that other side and, oh, man, the guilt from all the imperfections, you know, things maybe I did that I shouldn't have, any of that feeling. That was gone, sir. That was gone. All of that was gone. That was no guilt. It seems to me like that pure love that you explained, the waterfall and everything of love, is so contrary to the feeling of guilt that they can't really exist in the same place. Is that how you felt? They can't. Yeah, that's it's too power. It's too different there. It's too different. You people think when you leave here, you're gonna have your same mind. Just like your thoughts or oh, you know, I can't I serve God this way. Uh, 
I've even heard that. You know, Brian, I didn't go to nobody's church. Everybody was like, how, how did I get the opportunity to see that? It lets me know God is so much bigger than us. When you, that's, when, the, when you, when the people leave here, you will not remember your religion. All of that stuff is, you're going to take the good and you're going to go back to your higher self or back to wherever you came from. People that may be walking around afraid of death, what would you say to them? It's hard to say, it's hard to say, oh, it's going to be okay if you haven't seen. You know what I mean? So, all the best I can say is, all you do is go to sleep. You don't, it don't, death don't hurt. All I know is death freed me. I was free when I died. And that's the best I could tell him. You're going to be free. You're going to be free. All this weight, no bills, no none of that, no worries. You're going to change and you're going to be powerful. You're not going to think like you did thought here on this earth. All of that is going to stay here. And you're going to be free. Lastly, I'm going to give you the floor here. I'm not going to ask you a question except to say, leave our listeners with whatever Brian thinks is really important today. What is important with Brian is loving your neighbor. If you love your neighbor, do good to people. You don't have to worry about dying or, or bad things happen. And also, we make mistakes. I came back. I make mistakes. I died three times. I am human. That's what we do. But in all that, we need to find the love and in in anything that we see, maybe arguments. It it, it take it take one and say, okay, I have to find the love to fix this. There's love in here some way to fix this. You know, if everything is about love, and we have to try and figure it out. But I could tell you, live your best life. And don't be afraid to die. We are here to live this life, not to be here afraid of it. And what's going to happen when we leave? Love your name and you're going right back to the light. That's a great message. Thank you. If people want to hear more about your story, where do they find it? You had mentioned a book. What's it called and where do they find it? Yes, sir. I have a website called uh, deathfree.com. And also the book is on Kindle. I have an ebook on Kindle and I just finished the paperback. So the paperback will be available in the next couple of days. All right. We'll put that website in the show notes so everybody can find it. Brian Jordan, thank you so much. This was fascinating today. <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks again for listening and a quick reminder to follow this podcast and take a few seconds to write a review. It helps others to easily find us. Until next time, I wish you everything good that you're looking for in this life and the next. Music.